Welcome to High Level, my name is Axel Arzola and today I have the pleasure of interviewing my friend Mr. Milan Patel. Milan, thank you so much. Thank you, it's an honor. I don't see anyone being really good at anything that they're not going to be passionate about. If I want to control everything and do all the small things, it doesn't let me see the bigger picture. Whatever your goal is, identify it. Identify your end game and then do, you know, stop at nothing. Once you get yourself out of the way and you dedicate yourself to whatever your goal is, you know, I think there's nothing that can stop you except for you. Welcome to High Level. My name is Axel Arzola and today I have the pleasure of interviewing my friend, Mr. Milan Patel. Milan, thank you so much. Thank you, it's an honor. Uh, I'm so happy to have you here. And before we get started, I just wanna give a shout out to our sponsors at Red Axe Media and Social Lion. They're making possible that we get together here and that we have this show. I'm really honored that you said yes to be here today. And I just want to get started with a little bit of your backstory, your life, like where did you grow up? Like how sure. did you, got to be the man that you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So I was born in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. That's the west coast of Canada. I lived there only till I was about 10 years old. And, uh, you know, my, my parents are of uh, Indian nationality. But again, born in Canada, and I lived uh, there, like I said, till I was 10, and then moved to Montgomery, Alabama. Um, so that was a big culture shock, you know, moving all the way from Canada to the deep south, which I'm sure you're, you're familiar with, you know, coming from Cuba <laughs> over here. So um, I lived in the south in Montgomery for about 13 years until I was about 23 or so. And then I moved here to Cleveland and I've been here ever since. How is that family dynamic with your parents being from India, being in Canada, and then being in the south? Yeah, so it's, you know, with Indian parents, and I'm sure it's like this for a lot of kids that grew up with parents that grew up in different countries, you know, a lot of times they expect you to kind of live and act the way that they did in a different country, but it doesn't make sense now because you're not in that country. So, you know, you can't really live 100% in that type of culture while you're growing up in another culture. So that was always definitely a challenge. And I think that's probably very common for, again, anyone that has parents that, uh, that grew up somewhere else. So were you really brought up in the Indian culture, like hardcore? Were your parents really hardcore Indian? You know, it was probably a mix. I think they, they, they tried to put as much of it as they could in me. But uh, no, I, I, you know, I think that the biggest influence when you're growing up is, is the people you grow around. Um, so of course, you know, your parents do have an impact, but as far as cultural things go, I think it, it matters, you know, where you are and that's kind of what you absorb, you know, so not being in India, I could only absorb so much. So, I mean, honestly, I think if anything, my, my, uh, I'm probably more Southern than anything else. <laughs> that's cool. So I know that you're a restaurant owner, uh, you're a business guy, you have several very successful restaurants in town. Is that your passion? What's your passion like in life and how did you find it? So um, as far as you know what I do business-wise, that, that I would say, you know, my career kind of became my passion and that's probably 
the reason I was able to be good at it is because I was passionate about it, you know? I don't see anyone being really good at anything that they're not gonna be passionate about. So, um, you know, it just came about, you know, I kinda got thrown into it a little bit, and uh, then I made everything I could out of it, and as you become more successful at anything, I think that you also gain a better interest in it as well. So that's kind of what happened. You know, I got into it a little bit, probably not thinking, you know, so long term or where would, I, where would I be in five years. But the more I did it and the more I got involved in it, I was like, yeah, this is me definitely. And then, you know, with anything, you know, you want to get better and better. And so that was my goal in business. I wanted to grow. That's interesting. So were you ever concerned that that's not what you were gonna be doing for a while? Because I guess some people, they get caught up in the idea that I need to figure out what I have to do and know for sure. I mean, in a way, that's what happens with me. If I'm not 100% sure that I have to go in that route and that this is what I want 20 years from now, I'm probably not gonna try. Did you have that experience? No, you know what, it's a good point. I think a lot of young people, like you said, get caught up in that they're like, you know, I have to know the path I'm going in exactly what am I what am I you know gonna do and I think that it you know find the general field of what you want to do but the most important thing is making the most out of every opportunity you get because you really don't know you know where you're gonna end up going I mean I talked to I feel like over half the people that I know you know went to school for something but they're doing something totally different now but at the end of the day you know I still think you know you go to school you uh, you get these tools and you know, you, you go on that path, you do the best you can, and I think other opportunities, because of you taking that path, could present themselves. And then making the most out of those opportunities when they do is going to be key, and I think that's going to kind of direct where you go in life. Because, you know, of course, you know, looking back, you know, five or ten years, I would have never thought that I was even going to be in the restaurant business. But that's where, you know, the potential right now for me is, and that's where my greatest opportunity is. I mean, five years from now, I could easily see myself not being in restaurants at all. It may be into something completely different, but it sh I'm sure it would still have a business aspect to it. So what would you say is the one thing that you're passionate about? Is it just creating businesses and, and being really good at that? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, you know, it's the idea factor. I always wanted to be, you know, again, being Indian, I have, uh, you know, we're a very stereotyped, especially even in our own community, it's hotels and gas stations. That's what we're known for. And, uh, you know, at kind of a young age, I decided that I didn't want, you know, I wanted to do something in business, but I wanted to kind of break the stereotype. And that's kind of what led me into getting into, you know, Orange Leaf, which was my first thing that was away from that stereotype which uh, opened up other opportunities and possibilities, so. Once you decided to go with Orange Leaf, did you have a lot of people and friends telling you you shouldn't do that? I did, you know, before I got into it, uh, people were like, you know, like a yogurt place in Cleveland, uh, especially a lot of, uh, you know, my dad's friends that were in business, sometimes I looked to it advice, they're like, yeah, you know, it didn't make sense to them because that's not something they've known and that's not something they've done. So I did have a lot of people kind of, not necessarily maybe not saying no, don't do it, but you know, you could kind of see from the look on their face. I mean, that's nothing compared to telling people that you're going to open up a Mexican restaurant in Cleveland <laughs> and you know, they're trying to be polite and they're looking at you and you know, they're thinking like, yeah, we really need another one of those. But of course they don't see that vision, you know, the way you see it. So. So tell me a little bit about your mentors, uh, people that you have in your life 
maybe younger and now who inspire you and people that you turn to advice on every corner? So, you know, I think at a younger age, especially during my first business, it was a very small, independent, family-owned hotel. And I'd look at some of my dad's friends and some other people kind of in the community, and I always found two different types of mindsets when it comes to business owner. There's one business owner that stays within that one business and they'll you know show up there they'll they're actually an employee of that business and they're they're you know day in day out and that's what they do they live and breathe that and so that's what I did originally with the uh, the small budget hotel that I was involved in but then I look at another type of business owner and a different type of mentality and their mentality was much more geared towards well how can I own multiple businesses so if you have multiple businesses you can't you know, really, if you've got five businesses, it wouldn't make sense for you to go in and work at just one of them because you're kind of, you know, you're, you're working from the top to the bottom at that point. You're kind of directing people. So I'd look and I'd see the different type of mentalities. Um, again, you know, I'd have friends um, that would just, you know, or my dad's friends that would just have one business and that's it, that they were there all day. But then there'd be this other guy who owned like, you know, 18 subways. And so that's kind of what I wanted to model myself after. And I was like, hey, how can I do that? And once I kind of started going that, down that route, that's when I was like, okay, there's so many options available and so many different things you can do. My goal at one point was to be the district manager of my own businesses, you know, not necessarily the same one, but instead of managing employees, I wanted to manage managers. Okay. Now, is there a, a particular or specific person that you were able to create a relationship with? You know what? Honestly, thinking about it, not really. You know, I'll always try to catch every article. I can't even, you know, today, this morning, reading articles about, you know, Mark Cuban, Jeff Bezos, people like that. So I wouldn't say one particular person. I, I kind of try to take a little something, you know, the good from everybody. Okay. That's very interesting because in the last uh, six months, I started a new company and I feel like so much of what I have been doing has been because of those digital mentors and people that I listen to their videos and read their articles and all that and that's really interesting and I guess it's also in our generation we accept the fact that those people can influence me even if I'm not closer to them and I can go and model what they do. But then you see other people who are older and say, no, you need to have three, four mentors. And lately, I've been trying to find more one-on-one -on -one mentorships, but you can't deny that, like you said, just by reading and looking at what they do, you can learn so much from those people. And that's really interesting. That yeah, we're have. very fortunate to live in this age where, I mean, my number one resource in every business I've done till date that I've been good with um, is Google. I mean, there's just so much information out there. When you talk about restaurants, and you know, if we're gonna get into the Mexican restaurant business or we're gonna do frozen yogurt, you know, I'm gonna get on Yelp and I'll go and I'll read reviews from you know, some random frozen yogurt place in California and I'll, you know, before I know it, you know, it's, it's one o'clock in the morning and I've read 300 different reviews about, you know, the you know, reviews are great. You can pick out things that are working for people and uh, things that aren't working. So, you know, mistakes that you might not wanna make. That's really cool. So let me ask you this. I know you're a very busy guy. Tell me about your daily routine. What does a normal day 
goes in your life. So man, I'm really fortunate right now that I'm not living kind of, I, I feel like a lot of the work that I've put in in the past has got me to where I'm able to have a comfortable routine now. I try to get a lot of work done from the house. So, you know, I wake up every morning um, after coffee, a little bit of breakfast, you know, I'll get online, check the emails, check the bank accounts, those things. And then I usually kick back for like an hour, just have a nice little uh, workout at the house. I've got some equipment there or, you know, I'll go hit the gym for an hour, come back. And then, you know, it's usually phone calls throughout the day. Stopping by the store some days, again, I'm very fortunate now to this point where I have managers that I can kind of just communicate with. So I don't, a lot of times I don't go by the stores. Um, but a lot of it's on the phone, uh, emails, and, you know, just not necessarily even talking on the phone, just text messages, a lot of things. We have all of our businesses have uh, group messages that we've created. So I've got a group message that I can talk to every employee through a group message. I've got a group message that's just for managers. And then for, you know, then there's other group messages with me and my investors, things like that. So a lot is done texting about three, four o'clock, man. I'm usually uh, outside on the soccer field with 17 and 18 year olds <laughs> playing. To keep you sharp. Yeah, man, that's it. Yeah, keep me young. That's probably my biggest passion right now is mm -hmm. uh, being out on the field. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. What was your routine like when you started the first restaurant and the second? So, yeah, so the first one, I mean, I was there, you know, when I first got into Orange Leaf, I mean, I was there open till close every single day. I didn't go, I didn't leave the store once for uh, until two weeks later. And I finally, I went to go get a haircut. Is And you know, I probably called him five times while I was doing that. And uh, she, when she shampooed my hair, I literally fell asleep for 10 minutes in the chair because you know I was just so tired from running myself uh, constantly. And I think that's where everybody, especially if you wanna get into business, that's the mentality you need to have. You know, your first one, you need to hit it. You need to be there open till close, open till close every day until you can get to the point. The goal is to get to the point where you can start paying someone to do your job. And uh, delegating was a big thing that I kind of struggled with because I was used to having control, used to being there all the time. But the thing is, if, if I want to control everything and do all the small things, it doesn't let me see the bigger picture. So I'm much better off handing that off to somebody else, even if it means, you know, making thousands of dollars less on that one particular business a year. But it frees you up to work on all exactly. your other businesses. So I could, you know, have one business and dedicate myself to it and nothing but that, or I could pay someone and then I can open up another one, pay someone to manage up that one, and then so on and so forth. Again, coming back to that notion that I wanted to have multiple businesses. I think business is great in that way because, you know, if you're, let's say, uh, you know, you're a doctor working at a hospital. You can put in 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, 70 hours a week, 80, but at some point there's a breaking point, right? So business, there's no limit. You can, you know, there, there's tons of guys out there that own, you know, two, 300 stores, corporations that own two, 300 stores. So I think that, uh, that you know, kind of the sky's the limit as far as that goes. Now, let me ask you about this. Let's talk money now. Sure. So right now you're at a point where you have different operations going on, but how long did it, it take you to get to that point? More than one year, more than two years, it took a while. So for someone who's getting started, fresh out of college, maybe they're a little bit older, they have been working at a job for a while and they want to get started, how do they go about making that first 50K, 100K, even getting 
financing or getting started? Tell me. Now that's that. a great question, and you know it's something that people ask me a lot. People that don't have a lot, you know, wondering how can they get to that point. You know, obviously, you know the obvious things are you know you start saving money, but I would much rather than having ten thousand dollars cash, I would rather have zero money and good credit rather than having ten k and bad credit because credit. At the end of the day, you know, financing. You know, I bank right over here at Pinnacle, right behind you. And I mean, financing is just a, so, it's just a huge part of business. And it doesn't matter if you've got, if a business, let's say a startup business is gonna cost you 100,000 to get into, and you've got 40,000 in cash, if you don't have good credit, you know, there, the, no bank is gonna give you a loan. So I think always maintaining a uh, good credit rating, I think that's uh, super important, and then, you know, someone starting off with nothing. I read an article about Mark Cuban the other day, and they asked them, they said, well, if you had it all to do all over, if you had to start tomorrow with nothing, do you think you could be, become a billionaire again? And he said that it took a lot of luck to become a billionaire, but he has no doubt that he could become a millionaire. And the things he said he would do is, one, he would go and get um, a job bartending, at night, so he could work at night, get tips, and during the day, he'd get a job based on commission, some type of sales job. So, you know, I think there's a lot of different things that people can do, but again, you just have to be passionate, you have to live it, you have to breathe it, you know, each and every single day. You know, you're not gonna get into a place where you don't have a lot, and you're trying to succeed and get, you know, to a level to where you own your own business if you're not you know, if you're not working towards that goal 100% each and every day, you know, you can't take Saturday, Sunday off. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people my age think when you look up to someone like yourself, we think that they're so smart, talented, that it took them just a year to get there. And we feel like we're behind, like we're not doing the right thing. Or maybe there's some magic formula or you have to meet someone who's gonna catapult you. And in my case, I come from Cuba and I've been doing film and things like this for almost 10 years now. But I still have people who come up to me and they just want to get started and they think they're gonna get to that high level off the bat and it's always going back to work ethic. You have to put in the work. There's, I guess there's no magic Number Absolutely not, man. There's really not. I mean, you know, I mentioned soccer earlier, and you know, I didn't pick up the sport until after I turned, you know, 35. So even me now, I'm trying to get better at that. And there's, you know, I play with these kids that have been playing since they were six, seven years old, and they're, you know, they're awesome. So even at home, I'm at home now, like watching YouTube videos, like practicing, tricks. yeah, trying to get better. And you know, it's something that you've got to put the work into it, just like anything else out there. You know, you, you've got to put the work in. Now, you mentioned credit, let me ask you this. What's your stand on debt, having debt, and I guess we could break the conversation between personal and business? What's your take on that? So, I'm sorry, I didn't quite understand that as far as... What's your take on debt? What do you think about having debt? For business. Oh, debt. Debt. Oh, debt. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So my, my pretty. No, no, no. That's okay. I thought you were saying that. So, but anyways. Um. Yeah. You're gonna have to. I mean, at at the end of the day, if you're not gonna, if you're not willing to take on debt, then there's no way you can come ahead. I mean, there's a lot of 
you could do it, but it would, it's going to take that much more money up front. And that I think, you know, you talked about there, there is no magic catapult or anything, but that is one thing that can catapult you forward is if you have good credit is, you know, you can take $20,000 and do something that costs $100,000 because of that credit. So you, you really need to be prepared to take on debt. And, um, you know, in the starting, I think you have to be a little bit more risky. And then as you go on, you don't need to as much because now, you know, when I first got into business, it was like, okay, I'm putting, you know, a lot in, all my eggs in this basket. But also I was younger, so I could take that risk knowing that if everything went south, I'm still young, I've got a chance to recover. So would I take that type of risk now? No, absolutely not. I wouldn't put everything I have in because now I actually have something. So I want to hold on to that and let money that can go out and, you know, like I'll risk X amount now on a business with knowing full well is if this business goes completely south that I'm not going to have to change my lifestyle. You know, my kid can still keep going to the school he's going to. I can still live in the house that I'm living in. And that's a huge thing. So, you know, you've heard the saying, maybe the first million is the hardest one. Mm -hmm. well, the first business is the hardest one. And once you get established, you can take that because imagine how much easier it is to take a risk in something when you can literally say that, oh, well, if I lose every penny of this, it's not going to affect my life that much. You're going to be much more willing to take that risk compared to you putting all your eggs in. Now, what about having personal debt? Because I had some debt in my businesses and last year I was able to just pay everything off and it feels so much better now. And I have friends and people and it's, it's a hot topic to talk about debt. And in a way, I agree that you need some debt to create your business, but what about personal? Because I have people that are younger and they think, well, I can buy this car and I can have this credit card and buy this camera or this or that. Yeah, so I really, it comes down to again, you know, what's your focus? What's your end game here? You know, people say goal all the time. I like to use the word end game. Um, if your end game is to be, open up your own business, then yeah, you know, you've got no you know, why are you out there trying to take out debt on shopping and clothes? But now if you're someone like yourself that's, you know, into, uh, into media, then maybe buying a camera, you know, I think that would be a good idea to take out debt, personal debt. But, you know, if you're trying to save up money for a business, any unneeded expense, whether it's going out to eat uh, and using money you have in your bank account or swiping your credit is, uh, you know, would definitely uh, go you need to change your thinking completely. You need to be, if you're trying to save up money, you need to be thinking dollar store every day. Dollar store, I like <laughs> that. Let me ask you this. Uh, what's your take on having business partners and what has been your experience and what would you recommend? So I've been very fortunate. I think that, uh, you know, when it comes down to business partners, usually the number one reason you get into investors, let's say investors. Investors is to alleviate the risk, you know. So rather than taking this amount of risk, I'm going to, you know, distribute it among multiple people, but I'm still able to take that initial investment, whatever that is. You know, let's say if that initial investment is a million dollars, well, I can't do it by myself. So I'm gonna take on investors to share the risk and the reward. Um, business partners, I think are a little bit different because they bring that aspect of it as well, as far as bringing in, you know, money to kind of split the reliability, split the risk. But then with uh, partners, they should also be bringing something more to the table than money because if they're not, 
that's what separates partners from, from investors. investors. So I think that that would be great. You know, I mean, if I was going to try to get into the film business, you know, I would, you know, I'd come to someone like you. I, yeah, I was like, I've got no one, you know, I have no knowledge about that, but I do have money. Uh, you know, I have knowledge about finances, which I'm sure could help us. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I need someone that actually knows, you know, uh, you know, knows the, the business, knows the actual operations, the day-to-day -day things. Now, what's your take on having different partners for different things? And when do you know that that person is gonna be the right fit for you and for that business? Especially starting out, once you go out on your first venture, there's a lot of people who wants to get involved, but how do you filter and pick the right one? Yeah, so that's not, uh, it's not easy, you know, it's like, you get into it and you can't you you really don't know until things come out because money changes a lot of uh, the aspect of everything you know when you're making money you know the the issues that come up can be squashed very easily but when you're not making money and you're losing money it's you know it's completely different i mean you got to staples and i come back and you got a case of paper clips i'm thinking why this guy buy all these paper clips? Like, man, you know, we're losing money. Like, you know, and I'm worried about something very small um, to where, you know, if we're making money, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, like Starbucks for everybody. Let's go to eat. Let's go do this. So with partners, it, it can be, it can get very sticky. And I've seen a lot of going back, you know, to my dad and a lot of his uh, friends. You know, my dad was never in business. He always worked a job, but being in the Indian, growing up in an Indian household, I saw a lot of people that were uh, in business. And I would say most of the partnerships that I've seen have a bad ending to them. So I'm fortunate that I'm in a partnership right now that's working out great for both of us. But, uh, you know, it's most of them don't really end up great, unfortunately. But hopefully you guys can stick it out for long enough to kind of help each other. And then there's nothing wrong with the branching off and you go, you know, maybe you can divest and go do your thing. Your partner can go do their thing, but the thing is, is wherever you guys got to, you might not have been able to get there without that partnership. Now, let me ask you about family. I know you have a beautiful family and I have a family of my own. And for me, it's a challenge to separate the two or to give enough time to my family to where my wife and I feel that we're having enough time together but I feel like I never have enough time to do what I want to do in business and then to have a healthy family. So what would be your advice on that? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one, man, especially when you're first starting. It's hard, you know, because businesses are so demanding. So, you know, you do have to sacrifice that time. But I think a way of looking at it is if you're putting the work in now, you know, usually that is something you're doing for your family down the road and uh you know so i was probably at that position where i didn't get a lot of time to spend with my you know wife and kid maybe when he was really young but now i'm to the point where that work and all that time is paid off to where i can go and spend you know tons of time with them you know if he, he was off school today so i spent a lot of time with him this morning um you know i said work aside my kids here today um so i think you kind of got to look at it like yes you're sacrificing things now but you're doing it to get to that point to where you can spend more time. But yeah, in anything you do, I think, you know, balance is going to be key. So 
you know, you definitely don't want to miss those young years with the uh, the kids. You got one on the way, right? Yeah. yeah one here uh, and one on the girl. way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what keeps you going now, Milan? Because you're successful. It can't be just about money and, and having bigger, better house or better toys. What keeps you going now? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Once you get, you know, I look at money. Money is really, at the end of the day, once you have enough of it, it's just, you know, it's just security. I mean, you're, you know, you're driving the car you want, you're living in the house you want, you've got all the material things that you want. Well, then, you know, does it make a difference at some point if you have $50 million or $100 million? I personally, I'm getting to the point now where it's, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, I'll make less money and I want to enjoy more things like you just brought up. I want to enjoy more time with the family. I want to do more things that involve me. I want to go out there and play soccer. So it's hard, you know, especially after you're successful, is to stay hungry. It's very, very hard. You don't have that same hunger that you did, uh, you know, when you're first starting out. Right now, you know, I'm trying to grow the Dos Bros brand. So that's my main business thing. Um, you know, growing that brand is, is kind of, it's what I'm doing now, but do I necessarily see myself, you know, still trying to grow it five years from now? You know, maybe not. I think that after that, I think something else will come out of this. I'm not necessarily sure what that is. I like to, I like to think of things that usually don't go the way you plan, but I'd love to be in uh, commercial real estate development. You know, I've talked to uh, one of the landlords that I rent a shop from. He came to this country with nothing. He's an immigrant and you know worked at Shoney's he was in the restaurant business and he you know he elevated just got a regular team member job at Shoney's eventually became the manager and then got into restaurants himself and then now he's in commercial development and he told me once a long time ago he said man all the headaches that are involved in restaurants once you get to commercial development he's like man you'll you'll never think of you know, going back to, to that again. And I can see where it makes sense because, you know, with restaurants, it's very demanding because you need so many people to run them. And when you're relying on so many different people, you know, there's just, there's too many variables. You get into something like commercial development, let's say, you know, the Target complex here in town. Well, you can run that. If you own that complex, you can literally run that with you, yourself, one person would be all you need, you know, besides hiring a maintenance crew to do other things, you know, you don't have to worry about employees coming in every day. Right now with the restaurants, you know, that's the biggest thing, you know, it's not a very popular job out there. And, you know, getting people to show up and work for something that, you know, isn't the best pay either. It's very tricky, very hard to do. Yeah. But the flip side of that is restaurants cash flow a lot easier for, you know, your initial investment, you can start cash flowing immediately commercial real estate development takes longer takes a long time and you need a, a lot of uh, money up front yeah that's interesting I've been studying a little bit about real estate because I'm also thinking about how do I can do different things so I don't have to depend only on media and the films that I make so I've been watching and reading and I'm going a little Absolutely, bit obsessed man. on that so one question we're almost done sure I would like to know who are two people that you look up to that you think I should interview next? Oh man, well you, you, you've already got Shabu? Maybe. Okay, well I would definitely go with uh, Shabu and the reason is, is man, I've never met anyone in my life that's had so many different careers and someone that's been so successful. 
and so many different things. Like that's the type of guy where I would put him in just about anything, and I know that he's gonna come out on top. So uh, definitely Shabu. The second person, man. Um, you know, no one comes to mind right off the bat. Okay, well, you need to think about it. I'll think about it and I'll get back to you. Let me get back to you on the second person. You already got my man Kush coming on. Yes, hopefully That that would have been a no-brainer for me. uh, So, just to close, what would be the number one advice you would give to people watching how can they get to live at a high level? Okay, I mean, just, you know, whatever your goal is, identify it. Identify your end game and then do, you know, stop at nothing. To get you there, you know, you've got so many resources these days, and I think, you know, the biggest obstacle is is yourself. Um, so, you know, once you get yourself out of the way and you dedicate yourself to whatever your goal is, you know, I think there's nothing that can stop you except for you. That sounds really good. Well, thank you guys for watching. Thank you so much, Milan, for joining us yes, today. Sir. This is High Level. My name is Axel Sola, and we'll see you in another episode. Thanks, man. <laughs>